All right, it's time. Today we are previewing the Rams game, and I have a special guest coming on to actually preview the game with me from the Rams side, so I'm excited about that. My first kind of crossover with this YouTube channel. We're going to be talking about that. we got the 49ers secondary. Everybody's in COVID. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, how does he look throwing the ball? What can we expect from him? A lot of Trey Lance love in the media. Want to get to that as well right here on the San Francisco 49ers Morning Show. Let's go. Intercepted. It is picked up by Eric Crocker over midfield. He'll run it all the way into the end zone. Touchdown. The Crop Talk TV Podcast. Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the San Francisco 49ers Morning Show. I'm your host, former NFL and AFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. You know what it is, man. Y'all know what it is. I'm also the host or one of the hosts of the Locked On 49ers show that is available five days a week. I'm my co-host, Brian Peacock. Make sure you guys tune into that. Listen to that five days a week. We also have the YouTube channel. Click the link in the description. You can find a link to both the show and the YouTube show. So shout out to that. Also, locked on NFL draft. 49ers don't have to get ready for draft season just yet. So, but when they do, we are the one-stop shop for all of that with myself, my guy Ryan Tracy and Rob Rain. He tunes in, uh, comes in, feels in the spot as well a couple times a week. Make sure you guys listen to both of those. Locked on 49ers, locked on NFL draft. But man, let's get into it, man. Uh, COVID. COVID is bitten. The 49ers secondary. And my guy, Brian Peacock, he asked me, you know, hey, uh, you know, does it worry you that, like, the 49ers really don't have any corners available? And I'm like, well, I'm <laughs> I know I defend the corners a lot, but really it's not that I defend them because I think they're great. I defend the 49ers corners because I feel like they don't – they're not the reason why the 49ers will lose again. I think more times than not, when you look at the final numbers and statistics, the secondary, or I don't even want to say secondary. I'll say the pass defense. There's a lot that goes into the pass defense, the pass rush, uh, the linebackers, the safeties, the corners. It's not just the corners. Everybody makes a big deal out of the corners. And, yeah, they potentially can be a liability, but they're not the reason, right? So when it comes to them having to miss, I really don't care <laughs> if they have to miss. Now, full disclosure, I expect all of them to be available. But let's say a couple of them wouldn't be available. All right. Now, who do we need available? You definitely need the safeties available. And I did. I believe I saw Jimmy Ward on the COVID list as well. You can't play without Jimmy Ward. You can't play without Tart. You need Hufunga. You need Kawan Williams. I think he's on the list too. Those are the ones you can't miss. You can't have those guys out. All right. So, uh, obviously – you want everybody all hands on deck. This is an all hands on deck situation with the 49ers right now as they prepare to take on the Los Angeles Rams at SoFi Stadium. And it's potentially a winner go home scenario. Now, there's a lot of talk about who's the quarterback, who is going to be the quarterback in this situation. And you know, right now is looking like we don't know. And Kyle Shanahan, <laughs> he came out. He had his press conference yesterday. Shanahan uh, came out and was just like, "Listen, I don't know who's going to be the quarterback." And I truly believe 
I truly believe that Kyle Shanahan does not know who is going to be his quarterback. But when he does find out, he ain't telling us. <laughs> he ain't telling us. He said, listen, when I find out, okay, whatever, y'all find out game day. I ain't telling you, so don't ask me again. That was one of those, like, listen, don't just stop asking me about the quarterback position because I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you anything that could be any type of information for the L.A. Rams. I did have someone yesterday ask me, hey, Croc, like, is it beneficial for him to not choose and a team have to prepare for both quarterbacks? Hell yeah, because he calls games different. And each guy has a different strength. If you look at the throw chart or whatever with the little dots, you have Trey Lance's, a lot of it's outside the numbers and down the field. When you look at Jimmy Garoppolo's, a lot of stuff is inside. So you literally have to prepare for these guys differently. Now, last week, I think it was easier to say, well, he's just bluffing. All right, he's bluffing. He's really not going to, um, he's really not going to play Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, yesterday they put out a video of Jimmy Garoppolo throwing the ball. And he looked like he was throwing the ball well to me. So whether he plays or not, and I've heard different things, you know, maybe his finger swells up or whatever. I don't know. But the fact that they put out a video on Wednesday of him at the very least throwing the ball, that's enough to where the Rams have to respect that. Now, the Rams can go into it and say, well, Maybe we don't have to prepare for Jimmy as much because we've already played against him. And if, you know, Jimmy does start on game day, then these are the things that we're going to do. But I will say this, as far as implementing, you know, a game day or, you know, just, uh, you know, what you're trying to do for the game. There's, there's a lot that goes into it, a lot. And preparing for a quarterback really matters. All right. You know, and I always talk to you guys about my time being, you know, a professional athlete myself and whether it was in the NFL or whether it was in the AFL, the, it's very detailed, the, the game planning, all right? I mean, down to the, the formation, the motion, the down and distance, right? A lot of times, if you, I don't know if you guys have seen like the videos that mic'd up of guys like Luke Keekley and Luke will be standing there. He'd be like, and he'll look at the formation and he'll look at, Oh, he's right there. Hey, the ball's being ran right here. Come here, slide this way. Ball's being ran right here. And he know how does he know? Well, he game he game plan for that look. And a lot of times these guys know the look. When I played with the San Jose Sabercats, we knew best team in the arena league history, probably won a ring. You know, every once in a while, I try to show y'all. All right, boom, boom, you see it. All right, but um, scratch my face with it, okay? But uh, we literally by how who was in motion, the down the distance, the formation, we knew exactly what guys were doing. Like we knew what you were doing. To get us, you had to do the opposite of what you did 90% of the time. But we knew if a guy does this, then they're doing this. If this guy's in motion and this guy's here, then this is what's happening. And in the NFL, it's similar in the sense of, formations, alignments, where's his receiver at? Why does he have that foot up? Well, on film, when the receiver has this foot up, he's blocking or he's running this route. I mean, you you look at what the coordinator likes to do and you play off of that. I mean, there, there, there's so much that kind of goes into it and you really get a beat for it. But when you have to prepare for two quarterbacks that have two different styles, 
that makes it a little bit more a little, a little more difficult to to prepare and have a sound game plan heading into the game. All right, now I see somebody, my guy 49er Jeff says, Aaron Donald said they're preparing for both quarterbacks. If they are, and we'll talk to, uh, we got Bland Grissett, uh, Grissett coming on. He's a Rams host for the downtown, downtown Rams show. He's going to come on in about 20 minutes. Excited to talk to him about this game as well. But so we'll get some more information on everything pertaining to the Rams. And I won't, go, with him, I won't go into detail about the 49ers because, li listen, we talk about the 49ers. There are a lot of different 49er outlets. You guys get so much information on the 49ers. So it's going to be all pertaining to the Rams and the challenge that they present for the 49ers and really what's going on. But also want to know, how are they planning on uh, game planning for both quarterbacks? You know, those are things that I'm definitely looking forward to seeing. Now, as far as Jimmy Garoppolo goes and what I'm kind of expecting from him, I, if he's throwing on Wednesday and it looked good, which it, it did. He threw the ball, it looked good. I expect Jimmy Garoppolo to start barring any setbacks. So unless his, his hand, it, you know, it just gets worse and he's like, man, I just can't do it, then all right. But the fact that we saw him throw, at least in the videos I saw, the spiral looked tight, ball was coming out of his hand, it looked like a normal Jimmy Garoppolo throw, I'd assume that he's going to start unless any setback. And because of that, again, because of Kyle Shanahan's response to, you know, I don't know who my quarterback is. If it was Trey Lance, he would know. Now, again, maybe he doesn't have to tell anybody, so that's the direction he's going with, but I legit don't think he knows. And the reason why I don't think he knows is because I think he legitimately wants Jimmy Garoppolo to start, which is understandable. If you, you, know, you take your emotions out of it a little bit, take your emotions out, it's, it's very understandable why he would want Jimmy Garoppolo to start. And we talked about it on here. There's there's very little unknown when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo. With Trey Lance, there's still this element of like execution. And we'll get into that because a lot of media members have, you know, did breakdowns, have talked about him. Just saw some tweets uh, this morning talking about him. A lot of people are excited about him. We're going to get to that. But there's still a little unknown. With, with Jimmy Garoppolo, there's no unknown. Here's the game plan. I know what you're good at. I know what you're bad at. I know what might happen. I know you might throw a weird interception. But I know you. So, unless he can't go with his injury, I, I, I'd assume I'd assume Jimmy Jimmy's going to be the starter. It is what it is. I know there's a lot of people that don't want to hear that they want to go with this shiny toy, but and Trey Lance is a shiny toy for sure. But I, I strongly believe like Kyle Shanahan wants Jimmy Garoppolo to start. And I understand it. Again, you got to take, take out the, the emotional aspect of it. All right. Here we go. Here's a good one right here. We'll have more content on the Frontline Sports Media channel as well. You know, also condensed versions of the morning show with myself. So you guys go ahead, click that link right there. Subscribe to the Frontline Sports, Frontline Sports Media YouTube channel. All right. I, you know, I'm trying to separate. I've talked to you guys about my business ventures and, and different things that I'm trying to do. And and how I'm trying to do it, and how it's like. Listen, I don't know the right or right answer, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure it out. So go ahead right now, sub to that channel. You're gonna find more than just content from myself. It will be, uh, you know, yes, me, but also Jasper and Jamal. Their their uh show will be on there, especially snippets from it. Uh, you also have 
Uh, my guys, Niner Talk uh, three, uh, 49365. There's one be on there. We're going to have a soccer show on there. So there's going to be different shows. That's going to be the actual network channel. And there's going to be clips and different things, snippets from all these various shows. So make sure you guys subscribe to that YouTube channel right now. Go ahead and hit that button. All right. You can get a podcast version of this show. You can find it anywhere that you listen to your podcast. Just look for the, just type in Frontline Sports. You'll see this logo just like this, these same exact colors. And boom, there you go. You'll be good to go. It's there, podcast. And this podcast right here will be up shortly. I mean, typically um, my, my guy, he posted within, uh, you know, a couple hours of this show. So uh, it, it will be up on it if you want to catch the full show, if you missed Part of it, I know some people dip in and out of YouTube shows. So here we go. Got my guy John. He says, "Start a 100% healthy Jimmy. Otherwise, you start Trey." And, and I assume that that's the direction that Kyle Shanahan will go with. I heard someone mention, you know, you if you have Jimmy Garoppolo, okay, you got this thumb. Maybe you don't do quarterback sneaks. Maybe you bring in Trey Lance to do quarterback sneaks and little things like that. My assumption from how I take Kyle Shanahan and the way I be believe he'll do certain things is if you have to pull Jimmy out to do a quarterback sneak with Trey Lance because of a thumb, then I believe that Trey Lance will start. If if you feel like, well, I can't play him because this is going to happen, then you game plan for Trey Lance and you start Trey Lance. That's just my assumption. I believe that Maybe, and I see everybody in the chat, he's not not 75, not 80, but only 100%. Jimmy would make me feel comfortable. I see our guy right here. He says Jimmy won't be 100%. It sounds like Kyle Shanahan expects Jimmy Garoppolo to not be 100%. But hypothetically speaking, let's say he's 85%, but he's throwing well, and that extra aspect of his mind makes up for whatever he's lacking physically. There's still a chance where Kyle Shanahan puts him out there. But again, not if he can't do everything that he needs him to do. And that's so if if we say, well, he's not hundred percent, I believe the hundred percent part is a pain tolerance thing, right? If if he's out there and he's able to play, they shoot him up and, and that thumb is numb, but he can grip it and rip it and do all those things. Okay, yeah, he's not hundred percent because technically his thumb is, is hurting him, but he's a hundred percent in the sense of him being able to deal with the, the pain. So if that's the case, he'll be out there. If we're saying that he's 70 to 75% or 80% with his ability to grip and throw a ball, he will not be out there. He will not be out there. He has to be able to grip it and rip it. Grip it and rip it. <laughs> All right, but I expect Jimmy Garoppolo to start. Like, if I had to put money on it right now, I'd say Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the starter. Again, that can change if he has any setbacks, but barring any setbacks, I believe he'll be out there. Now, a guy that I know you all went out there is Trey Lance, right? And we watched the game, and I've seen all the breakdowns. I've listened to all the people talk. Uh, you know, I've listened to – you know, I was excited because Wednesdays I know I'm going to see Greg Cosell on KMBR. I know uh, uh, Steve Young on KMBR. Got another guest appearance. You had uh, J.T. O'Sullivan on KMBR. All right, so we already listened to the J.T. O'Sullivan breakdown, and it's interesting because – the the. Between the breakdown, J.T. O'Sullivan, he has the QB school. If you guys haven't watched the, the Trey Lance breakdown on the QB school uh, YouTube channel, it's, it's, it's a great breakdown. He doesn't go into detail in the sense of like every play, but just things that kind of stand out to him and things that might worry 
Kyle Shanahan. I don't want to say worry. The why there could potentially be a lack of trust. And it's understandable because to be honest, I don't trust Trey Lance. I don't trust Trey Lance. Why don't I? Well, he's a rookie. And I know he's not doing everything exactly how Kyle Shanahan wants him to do. Now, well, they're not doing it exactly how Kyle Shanahan wants him to do it, which is probably why he hasn't played up to this point or only a couple starts. He's still able to do some amazing shit, right? He's still able to do some, like, whew, that's special, right? And Kyle Shanahan knows that. But for Kyle Shanahan, it's less about the unknown and more about the known, right? What do I know he's going to do within the confines of my offense and the play call? And I think that's the part that is a little up in the air. And listening to J.T. Sullivan on KBR, his tone was different from the YouTube channel to KBR. On, on the YouTube channel, it sounded like a coach. Like he's watching it from a coach's perspective. Okay, you know, he boots out. He has Kittle right there in the flat. He bypasses that, buys time, fades away, throws a dart on the sideline to Trent Sherfield. And I know we look at that and it's like, damn, that's nice. Any dude passes sticks. Jimmy would have got the ball out right now, right? Kyle Shanahan probably designed the ball to play to get to Kittle right now. And the reason why he didn't throw it to Kittle right now, okay, you bypassed it and you made a play, great. That Love that ability, but let's make that play if you have to. Not if you don't have to, right? And you can hear, you can hear JTL Sullivan, like the frustration, the frustration in the sense of just executing the play call, but the excitement with the ability and upside. And I think when you look at the plays and the plays that he was able to make and all that, it, it was clear. Just but when, you know, there was a play that he pointed out with the double slants and where the ball is supposed to go and, and it's open, right? And he doesn't throw it and he kind of moves around and he and he rolls right and he throws a first down to Brandon Ayuk. And it's like, that's great that you can do that. But they didn't take away the initial reads. So I'm assuming Kyle Shanahan wants Trey Lance to be able to execute the initial reads. And when he's comfortable with him doing that and he's 100% confident that he can continue to do that, that's when I think it would be a no-brainer that he'll play. But I, I think you'd be foolish to expect Trey Lance to be able to execute at that high of a level consistently because he's only had two starts. He's only had two starts. So that's that element of it too. And I think I, I, I think that he he did a really good job talking about JTL Sullivan, did a really good job explaining that and listening to uh Grant Cosell. Say his tone is a little different. And again, I'm listening to these guys on KBR. It sounds, I don't want to say he's pushing back. There's something there. Not, not saying that he doesn't like Trey Lance, but he's a little bit more reserved with his quote unquote praise. And I, I don't want to say, I don't want to say like he got to suck him off or something like that, but like, or kiss his ass. But he's a little bit more reserved with, there, there's something there. All right, like I, I, I think he, maybe he just sees it like Kyle Shanahan sees it, and it's, hey man, like he's not, he's not executing the offense in the way that Jimmy Garoppolo would. So let's pump the brakes. Maybe that's the way that Greg, Greg Cosell is is viewing it. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but there's definitely like a little bit of pushback. I don't want to say pushback on the hype, but there's definitely some hype surrounding Trey Lance right now in the media 
and Greg Cosell is pushing back on it. And he sees the stuff. His old ass be on Twitter. <laughs> All right. His old ass be on Twitter. Matter of fact, Greg Cosell follows me. And that was probably one of the first follows. Maybe Terra Owens. Terra Owens started following me. That was like, wow, T.O. is following me. Greg Cosell, that was probably the one where I'm like, man, like, I love film. I love breakdowns. I love evaluating talent. And Greg Cosell followed me. Wow. So I, I posted a tweet or something, and he liked my tweet. So it was old ass be on Twitter. All right. But I, I, I think listening to him, and he talked about it last week, heading into the start, there was a lot of pushback on how people view Jimmy Garoppolo. And I posted his clip of that. And how he kind of came out and was just like, you know, everybody thinks that this rookie is going to come in and just play lights out. And maybe maybe he does. But he would prefer Jimmy Grove. And I, I get it in the sense of what we know. I get it. Well, after this performance, I thought it was a good performance. There still was this sense of hesitancy with complimenting the, the rookie to a certain extent. Now, some guys who weren't hesitant with complimenting the rookie. Uh, I talked about J.T. Sullivan. He was really excited. He his his excitement especially showed on KBR, where J.T. Sullivan was just like, "If I'm the," if, he said, "If you're a fan of quarterbacks and you are a fan of the 49ers, you should be extremely excited about this young guy Trey Lance." And that was that was that was good to hear. Whereas, like, listen, there are things he needs to clean up with his feet, with the timing of certain throws. He believes with time, those things will kind of tie together and improve. And when it does, you know, look out. Like, right that, that you start to get into the special category with the ability that you have. The tone has kind of changed on social media. I'm, I'm reading some things, and I'm going to go to a, a tweet that I actually liked this morning. And it was QB, who was it? Let's see. I'm, I'll share my screen with you guys. And some of the things that are saying, that, matter of fact, hold on. We'll get to him. Let's get to first, let's get to um, Dan Orlowski. Dan Orlowski did a breakdown of Trey Lance. Uh, just a two play. It was just two plays. And it was a play early on where he was hesitant to make a throw and, he's, and he bailed. It was his first passing attempt of the game where he rolled out and picked up a few yards but was short of the sticks, right? And then he showed, he said third quarter, but really it was second quarter. It was um, right before halftime. The 49ers came back to that same exact play, same exact look, same exact opportunity to make that throw, and Trey Lance let it rip. Just, I mean, when you look at, when you look at, at uh, Brandon Ayuk, he's still looking forward, and Trey Lance has pulled the pin already, pulled the pin right here. I mean, he even pulled the pin. Ayuk's still looking for it. He hasn't even put his foot in the ground to make a break, and he whoo, lets it rip. Like, the, it's perfect timing. It's perfect, like, boom. And, I mean, it gets in there. It jumps in. Boom. Catches the ball. He gets out of bounds. And he's just like, wow, like, just how quick he's he made the adjustment. And we saw it, right? Everybody's looking to see how his trade line is going to play. And we saw a guy – improve throughout the game. There are quarterbacks. And again, I'm not saying it's going to be like this every week. Not saying that. All right? I ain't saying that every week is going to look like it did against the Texans. Actually, the defense is pretty solid. But I'm not saying every week is going to look like that. But what I am saying is it is good to see in more than one occasion his second half or him get settled in the games and he start to, 
Like, start to do these things, right? We saw it even in the Seahawks game. He came out in the Seahawks game. They gave him a, a gimme, a little bootleg. All you got to do is just, you could down there, hand it to George Kittle. And he missed. He missed, just threw it into the dirt, right? It just amped up, excited, missed. He missed slants. He missed. Then you see him late in the fourth quarter, especially on the last drive, and this boom, boom, boom. Oh, I need to make a play with my legs. Uh, first down, huh, 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 right? And it's just like, okay, you saw some in the, in the Cardinals game. Came out, got a little amp, threw an interception. Came back, same look, climbed the pocket, boom, throws a dart to Debo Samuel, the very next drive. Like, he does these things where you could see, like, just the progression in, like, just a short time span. And we saw it in that game where his bad was 10 to 13 and still had some good throws, including that throw that, that Dan Orlowski talked about. But his good is boom, timing, boom, boom, ball out of his hands, boom, darts, uh, over the middle, dart to George Kittle that Jimmy probably wouldn't even attempt. Like, there, there, there's a lot to be excited about with where he's headed and how fast he kind of makes progression. All right. But again, there's still a lot of unknown. And if I'm the Rams, I would love to play the rookie because I'm throwing everything at him. And I think for those reasons, that's probably why Kyle Shanahan is going to play the young kid. All right. Let's look at some of these tweets and then just how the narrative is kind of changing about Trey Lance. All right. So I'm going to share my screen. And again, in a couple of minutes, I have a guest coming on to talk all things Rams. I'm excited about that. But let's look at some of the things that people are saying. Are y'all able to see these? Can you see this good? Let's see. Yep, y'all can see it. All right, so here's the first, here's the tweet right here. After watching the game, this is Derek, Derek Klassman. He has QB class. Nice little clever work uh, play. He's not a 49er guy. He's a film room guy, Almanac, Football Outsiders, Bleacher Report, NFL betting, odds checker. Like, he's, a, he's not a 49er guy. He's a football guy. So he went and he watched Trey Lance's performance. And he said, after watching the game back a couple of times, and now writing about it, I'm all in on Trey Lance. So many of the mistakes he made are correctable with reps. And it's clear he already has a fundamental understanding of how to play the position, which, yes, it, 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 North Dakota State prepared him for that. All right, North Dakota State prepared him to have that fundamental understanding of how to play the position. That was one of the things. I said he was the most pro-ready quarterback, and those are the things that went into that. I said that before he actually was drafted by the 49ers. All right. When he says uh, a lot of the mistakes are correctable, he's probably talking about feet, uh, you know, throwing the ball, uh, just knowing what he's seeing post-snap. And, you know, we talked, JTL Sullivan talked about it as well. I mean, the more comfortable he's going to get, I'm pretty sure the feet and the timing is going to improve. That's just going to improve with reps, all right? He went on to say, Lance's feel for the pocket and comfort <clears throat> on the move is crazy. He already gotten better post snap compared to some of his early action and to me a lot of the mistakes he made were just hey we can take it we can take the easy yards here it's fine and i've said that are the times where it's like well you're a little more you're a little too much aggressive all right but he sees that he said that comes with time just knowing what he can and can't take all right i get there's probably some frustration with not being able to get the easy yards as smoothly with lance compared to jimmy g but lance just unlocks so many other things and introduces a wider margin for error that I just don't think the former issue should matter. So he's basically saying, okay, maybe he doesn't take the easy throws like Jimmy Garoppolo would, but he makes up for that with being able to do things off script, which we pointed out, but that still can be frustrating for a head coach. Uh, he finishes with, I had a lot of faith in Lance as a prospect, 
but wasn't entirely sure he'd make it work year one just because he's so young and had so few reps. I don't know what we'll get for the rest of the season, but he looks like he belongs and his ceiling is as exciting as anyone's. Now, that's all awesome, right? That's all awesome. But the, the thing that was even more interesting to see within that were all the people saying, oh, this, well, yeah, of course, like, this is obvious. I saw this, I, you know, this and that, of course, like, he's good. And it's like, hold on. All I hear, all I heard was, he's not ready. He can't play. He's inaccurate. He doesn't know how to change his throws. And I'm not saying he didn't give examples of some of those things, but for how people have switched, I mean, and, and I'm, and I'm going to talk to you guys about how they switched by looking at some of these quote tweets. All right. Uh, some of these are 49er guys, so of course they're, they're excited about that. But listen right here. Yep, best quarterback from the 2021 draft. This is a Broncos guy. All right, this is a Broncos guy. Let's see what the comment says here. This might be pushback. Oh, he's saying that it's Zach Wilson. All right. But anyways, best quarterback from the 2021 class. That's a Broncos guy. Was QB2 for a reason. Somebody else excited about him. Uh, let's see. I'm still looking for non-49ers. Let's see where this guy is from. He looks to be a Lions fan, all right? And he has the little Michigan uh, Jumpman sign. He says, excited to see what Trey Lance will become. He was clearly a very promising prospect and could be yet another example of why sitting a QB for a year might be smart move in the current landscape of the NFL. There's way less practice time to get rookies uh, ready day one. And I do think that there's something to, to, to that. Would Trey Lance have progressed with, with, what, with what we've seen to this point, right? In very small sample size. So I, I don't want to make it seem like he just is what it is and he's just a can't miss guy. But there is something to that. The argument of has the time away or, you know, just practicing helped him improve. All right. So there's that. Uh, it, to me, it was cool to see. Here we go. Book this one with one of the least surprising and most obvious revelations, observations of 2022. This year is very young, though. And we got Roster Watch. Roster Watch has a big following. All right. Uh, and and they're, they are, uh, they have a show on Cyrus Radio. This is non 49ers, but they're saying, of course, he's good. We, we have all seen the, the talent that he has. Here's another one a very smart QB analyst, or he says, every smart QB analyst I've seen talk about Trey's Sunday has some version of he's already doing things that make him the right choice to start. And the things he doesn't do as well are likely to improve with game reps. The only reasonable choice to stick with the kid. So he's thinking, and this is a guy that's not a 49er guy, but he's assuming that, and let's see, where where is he at? Oh, 95-7 the game. So maybe he is a 49er guy. But anyways, smartest QB in the class, and I'll die on that hill. It's been very interesting to see, like, just the – the the change in how people are kind of viewing Trey Lance as opposed to after the Cardinals game, a lot more optimism. I know he played against the 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 Texans, but again, Texans, you could do a lot worse with defenses in the NFL. Uh, I think they have a good defense. I think they have a good defensive coordinator. And with Lovey Smith, great coach, still he was able to improve as the game went on. Here we go. Got a super chat before I get to my – uh, guest, and it's uh, with Matthew Stafford throwing picks all over the place. Do you think our defense will be able to take advantage of his inaccuracies? You know what, Jeff? 
I'm going to get to that. I got Blaine uh, Grissick. I hope I said his last name right. I have him coming on from downtown LA uh, Rams. We are going to get to him and let him answer this question, all right? So this will be – I don't want you to think that I'm not going to get to your super chat because I'm going to take it down. We will get to that. But first, we're, there are a few other things that we're going to talk about uh, before we get to Matthew Stafford. So with no further ado, I want to bring on my guest. Blaine, you know what, Blaine? I don't even want to butcher your name. So, Blaine, can you let us know how to say your last name? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's Blaine Grisek, and I'm the managing editor at Downtown Rams. And uh, thanks for having me on this morning. Um, I look forward to talking to some Rams 49ers. All right, so real quick, there were a lot of things that, you know, you and I wanted to talk about, and I, I gave you a list of things. But I wanted to start by, because I didn't add this. Your initial reaction to maybe what you saw from Trey Lance early in the season, if you saw anything from the Cardinals game, and then kind of what you saw against the Texans and just kind of your just quick, broad overview takeaway. Yeah, so I think early on in the season, we saw kind of what we expected of him coming out of the draft. You know, he was a super raw prospect coming out of North Dakota State, had all the athleticism that you want out of a quarterback in today's NFL, you know, um, but he was just lacking that, um, that technique and um, seeing the field um, and, 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 and that ability. Uh, I mean, you saw him use his legs early on in the season um, in, in, in his first start, but yeah, like I said, he, he was lacking that, that technique. He, he, he showed that he was in fact raw and needed that time to sit on the bench maybe and watch Jimmy, Jimmy G a little bit. And then I think last week you kind of saw him, you know, the, 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 those practice reps he's been getting since then, and you know, learning learning the game since early on in the season, he's really he, he kind of I think he took that took the next step a little bit. I mean, he's still a little raw, still has some growing to do, but I think you saw him kind of grow into the Texans game, and he really really took over there in the fourth quarter and and got you guys a, a really important win against a Texas team that, quite honestly, has been playing pretty well behind Davis Mills. Awesome, awesome. So I wanted to get into a lot of, you know, the Rams talking. And I, and I told my people already, y'all hear me talk about the 49ers. There's a lot of 49er content creators, but we don't get a whole lot of, uh, you know, insight from the Rams perspective. So we want to really want to go all Rams here. All right. I want to start by asking you about Kyle Shanahan and his recent success over the Rams. Now, from the 49ers perspective, a lot of fans are throwing out there. Jimmy Garoppolo is 5-0 against the Rams. Uh, 49ers have won what the last six games that I believe it is against the Rams or something like that. You know, there's a lot of context within there, whether it's injuries to Rams players, uh, maybe it's because of Jared Goff, whatever the circumstances are, interceptions that Matthew Stafford has thrown. But why do you think the 49ers have had this level of success over the last six games against the Rams team that has won a ton of games and seems to be very well coached, but can't figure out how to really, I guess just get over this Shanahan cloud that's covering them. Yeah, you know, it, it doesn't seem to matter who the 49ers put behind behind center. They seem to have success against the Rams the last couple of years. I mean, it was Jimmy G. And then I think last year in the second meeting, I think Nick Mullins was under center. He got still won 23 to 20. Um, but I, I think the big thing is, is, you know, with the Rams defense, they're okay giving up six, eight yards and hoping to get that, those, those stops on third down to get off the field. They, they, they play the, I guess, kind of, that then don't break defense, but the 49ers are okay. You know, going, getting four or five, six yards per play. Like they, they, they don't panic. They don't 
go for the big play. You know, in, in the first meeting this year, their first three, 49ers' first three score, scoring drives were 14 plays, 18 plays, and 10 plays. And that's so frustrating wow. for a Rams defense. Um, and especially when the 49ers getting touchdowns out of those, those is just demoralizing. Um, and then I think part of it is McVay kind of gets in his own head. You know, him and him and Shanahan are really good friends. So it's the ultimate, you know, it's, it's second and five. Typically I would run left, but he knows I'm going to run left. So do I know run right, but he knows I, I he knows I'm going to run left and he knows that I know that I'm going to run left. So he's going to expect me to go right instead. So maybe I just go left and it's kind of, he, I think Shanahan's kind of in his head a little bit. Um, and then I think it's just, you know, Shanahan's scheming ability. He just kind of, exploits the Rams defense where they're where they're weak and that's at the linebacker position I mean look at Debo Samuel and, and George Kittle I mean we talked about Cooper Cup being a yak god but Debo Samuel and George Kittle are the ultimate yak gods I mean Kittle's fourth in tight ends and yak perception and Debo I think leads leads wide receivers and I mean when the Rams are trotting out Troy Reader who leads the team in missed tackles that's just a very poor combination so I think it, the 49ers just kind of are that perfect um opponent for the rams in the sense that you know they just match up perfectly right we've got blaine here editor for downtown rams uh talking to us about the 49ers and rams game you know in the offseason it looked like both of these coaches we just talked a whole lot about shanahan and mcveigh and they were really excited to kind of potentially get their hands on the quarterback matthew stafford well the rams have gotten them and while his numbers are exceptional and probably one of his best seasons statistically it seems to be kind of some up and down in his play over the last few games he's thrown a good amount of interceptions but still figured out ways to kind of win these games why do you think there's been so much up and down with his play or is that just an outsider's perspective and he's actually been playing extremely well no i i think i think you um you're hitting it there i mean he has been up and down this season but i think at the same time that up and down play, I think it was kind of hidden in Detroit. Um, you know, we, we see this talented quarterback and he has all that arm talent. And it was like, you know, maybe if we just get him out of Detroit, he'll, th those bad moments will just go away. And, and, and I think with him coming to the Rams and a Sean McVay offense, we just kind of learned that that's just part of who he is. He has a little Brett Favre in him. He's going to, he's going to make that gunslinger play every now and then that's like, why did you just do that? There was no reason to throw the ball 30 yards down the field on third and five when you're, when, when, when there's a guy open underneath, just take what, just take what's available. And too many times this season, that's just, that just hasn't, hasn't been the case. But I think, I think there's some context, context to the turnovers the last couple of weeks. Um, last week, the, the, uh, the pick six, Odell Beckham Jr. ran the wrong route. He's, he's expecting Beckham to run a hook. Beckham instead runs an out and the DB's also there just reading his eyes and, and makes an incredible play on the ball. I mean, they're, they're, there's, there's things like that where Stafford might be anticipating one thing, receiver runs a different thing, and, and those lead to, lead to lead to the mistakes. But at the same time, Stafford needs to be better with the football and, and make better decisions. Um, and I, I think I think we've seen that in the, in the Cardinals game on Monday Night Football. He absolutely went off. He showed his true ceiling in this offense. Um, and hopefully, you know, as he gets more comfortable in the offense, those those mistakes go away. But at the same time, you know, the way I look at it is. You know, if the Rams are able to overcome those two to three bad plays that Stafford makes per game, that they can they can win a Super Bowl bowl, which is an upgrade over you know last year, where if they can overcome a bad Jared Goff game, they win a Super Bowl. You know, you're you're looking at two to three plays rather than a, a dozen plays or so. 
All right, you, you said a whole lot there, and, and and there was one thing that I definitely wanted to get to with the receivers, and we'll talk about Cooper Cup, but let's start with Odell Beckham, a guy who was playing and, you know, really had just got there to L.A. the last time the 49ers and the Rams played, and you, you talked about some misunderstanding of maybe where a guy was supposed to be, and that happened early in that game on the first drive where Odell maybe didn't keep a, a route going vertically, cut the route off, Stafford still threw it, and they end up throwing an interception to Jimmy Ward. Are, St are Stafford and Odell starting to get a little bit more on the same page? Are they starting to build a little cohesiveness? Because I have seen, again, in just highlights, Odell Beckham scoring touchdowns as of late. Is that something that is consistent throughout games? Yeah, I mean, he's a huge threat in the red, in, in the red zone. He has a touchdown, I think, in all but two games this year. Was the, I think the 49ers game, the first game, and then um, there's another game in there that he, he – didn't find the end zone, but yeah, he, I mean, he's been a huge threat, in the, huge threat in the red zone, and that's something the 49ers will have to keep an eye out on because he, yeah, he, he's been a he's been a red zone threat. Well, it's going to the corner on a fade, or you know, finding him last week on on the game winning touchdown, um, toward, going towards the pylon. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that that's where he's been the most effective. I think in between the twenties is where he can get where he can get better, or, or where the Rams can utilize him better. But I think they'll come come more with him learning the offense more. I mean. Let's be honest. I mean, this guy came in middle of November, and that's not really – you're not installing the playbook in the middle of November. Um, right. So I think as he gets more comfortable in, in, in the offense, and I, I, think, I think you're seeing it. The routes are getting a little bit more sharper than they were early on. Um, I mean, there are some mistakes like, like last week where he, he will run, run, run the wrong route. But I think those mistakes will go away as, as he gets more comfortable in the offense. And with how he's playing, I mean, Rams fans want to bring him back next year still. And um, – so ho hopefully, you know, from Rams' perspective, they are able to bring him back and he's able to continue to grow with with, with, with Stafford. Well, hopefully from a 49ers perspective, they do, they are not able to bring him back because uh, Odell <laughs> Beckham, he's always been one of yeah. my favorite players and he still scares me. You know, speaking of another receiver on this team, you have Cooper Cup. And, you know, 2000, let's see, it's 2019, he went for over 1,100 yards, 10 touchdowns. And I was like, wow, Cooper Cup. Dude is really good. Okay, he has, you know, 94 receptions. The next year he had 92 receptions and was just shy of 1,000 yards. This year, 138 receptions and almost 1,900 yards. He's gunning for that record right now, most receiving yards in a season. How is he winning so consistently, especially with the high volume amount of targets? Are teams just not doing a really good job of taking him away? Or are they saying, hey, we're going to let him get off, but we're going to take away everyone else? How the hell does this happen every single week where this guy's just having massive games to where now he's about to just break the record? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's Cooper Cubs is kind of, I think he's been just an underrated receiver over the last, um, since, since he's come in the league, you know. He's just been seen as that slot receiver that, um, kind of like that, that, that Wes Welker and Danny Amendola, and Julia, Julian Edelman type, but he's always been able to do so much more. I mean, his route running is among the best in the league, his ability to his yard after the catch ability, again, among the best in the league, but um, the Rams just haven't had the, really that quarterback to take advantage of, to take advantage of that and, and trust him more down the field. Um, and now with Stafford, I mean, they are taking, it, it's hard to imagine Cooper cup posterizing somebody down the field, but he seems to be consistently doing that this year. I mean, you look at the Seattle game a couple of weeks ago, Cooper Cup absolutely took over that game. And I mean, you pair Cooper Cup with a, with a top five talent quarterback in Matthew Stafford and good, great things happen. I mean, he has 90 yards in all but one game this year. His, his consistency is just, 
he's always been consistent, but that consistency is now showing up on the stat sheet and it's turned into a record breaking year where, you know, he, he could be the first triple crown winner since Steve Smith in 2005. And quite honestly, with how talented the receiving pool is in the NFL in 2021, I mean, I think it's probably one of the more, more, um, just amazing accomplishments in NFL history at, at the wide receiver position. Um, yeah, like, like I said, his, his route running has always been good, but having a quarterback that can kind of throw him open as well is, is and having those two be on the same page is um, it, it's turned into a really, really fun year for him. I have my guy Blaine Gristick right now on from a uh, downtown Rams. There's another receiver from Eastern Washington too. So it's cool to see Cooper cup do his thing. You know, he was in the same class as Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne was a 49er for yep. four years, and he did his thing. Now he's over with the Patriots. He's their number one receiver, and he's kind of leading. They also had another receiver there at Eastern Washington, my guy Shaq. He's from the 209. He's from Stockton. Shout out to my dog Shaq. He had a short stint in the NFL with Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But let's go over to the other side of the ball, and you guys have Jalen Ramsey. And I think everybody knows exactly who he is, what he is. He's been utilized a different way. I want to actually start with – is there any beef with him and his teammates? Because I'm watching the game. I'm watching Red Zone. And all of a sudden, I see I see him just cock back and punch his teammate in the face. And I'm like, man, what the hell is going on with that? So what's going on with Ramsey right now? Is it just uh, he kind of lost his cool in the heat of a moment? Uh, is, is rap doing something that he's not supposed to be doing in this? Maybe contributing to a, a loss or not just a loss, but maybe big plays. Why would he go and hit his teammate? And how has everybody kind of reacted to that? Yeah, I mean, I, you, you know, you know how it is. I mean, um, I, I think it, it was one of those heat of the moment type things where I mean, you're obviously on the field. It's it's a high emotion game. Emotions just kind of got out of control there in the moment. And uh, what they were saying before the play is, I mean, if if you look, Jalen Ramsey and Taylor Rapp are tr clearly communicating something with each other, and I, I I just don't think that message got across. And so after the play, things just kind of got got heated and out of hand, um, and it didn't seem to affect them the rest of the game. I mean, the defense didn't allow a single touchdown against Baltimore um, on that drive. I think they held Baltimore to a field goal, so it, it didn't really affect them for the rest of the game. And I think they'll be fine going forward. This is a team with, I mean, including Ramsey, but you, you can throw guys like Jordan Fuller in there as well, and uh, Von Miller, uh, Leonard Floyd. They just this is a team with great leaders, so they're not going to let a small incident bring them down or or, or be an effect on them moving moving forward and um yeah so i, I it shouldn't be an issue in this game hopefully not we'll, we'll see we'll see with how shanahan schemes things up because i know he likes to take Jalen ramsey out of the game so with with Jalen ramsey out there you know they're kind of been using him a little different right i mean traditionally he's an outside corner he's kind of moved to playing more nickel now they, they kind of you know call it the star position How, have you seen maybe it hurt him in a sense of his impact on the game because, you know, I'm used to seeing him follow receivers around and do those different things. Now, are they still doing that? Because it seems like I haven't seen that as much. Yeah, I I, I, I think there's the, the Rams have done a better job over the last five weeks. I think they struggled early on in the season with this. But over the last five weeks, it's, it's been better where they've found that balance of him following guys and playing that star position. I mean, yeah, you want Jalen Ramsey on a, on – an opposing team's best player. But at the same time, if you're putting him on the best player on the outside, outside, you're really also taking Jalen Ramsey out of the game. And Jalen Ramsey is such a talented player where if you can get him close to the ball and close to the line of scrimmage, you know, all of his talents can be, can be utilized. Um, but at the same time, like if you're sacrificing putting Jalen Ramsey in the, in the slot 
and then having to put a guy like David Long on DeAndre Hopkins or Devontae Adams or something, it kind of defeats the purpose. Um, so he, he, I think over the last five weeks, they've, they've sort of found that balance. I, I really like the way they, they, they've used him. I'm interested to see how they adjust adjust this week because um, – and, and, and the first game against the 49ers, Shanahan really – Really, um, kind of took Jalen Ramsey out of the game completely, like with with moving guys at, at the line of scrimmage before the snap, and um, that really led to a huge game by Debo Samuel. So, uh, also, it'll be interesting to see how the Rams utilize Ramsey this game, and if they if they have Ramsey follow follow Debo more than they did in the first meeting, or if they kind of stick to what they've done the last last five weeks and go from there. Awesome. Well, you also have another guy on that defense that we have to talk about. Two guys, actually. One is Von Miller. I want to ask, how has he kind of come along? Because when you hear the name Von Miller, you know, when, when he's not on your team, you just think, like, man, Von Miller, know him from his Bronco days, best defensive player in the NFL for a period of time. You know, how has his impact been since joining the team? And has that helped Aaron Donald maybe not see as many double teams and kind of get freed up a little bit more? Yeah, um, I, I think the, the the Miller trade I think was kind of criticized at first, given how much the Rams gave up for him because they, they they did give up a lot. They gave up I think two first round picks um, or two second round picks for Von, for for Von Miller, and he, he kind of started off slow. He, 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 he the sacks weren't showing up, but at the same time, I mean, anybody who knows football knows you got to look past the stat sheet to understand a player's full um, full effect on the game. And since 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 the bye week, Von Miller. Ranks sixth in the NFL in pressures, which is two behind TJ Watt, who's in um, who's in the conversation for defensive player of the year. So I mean, he's getting to the quarterback, but he, it's just not showing up in in, in the sacks until um, last week. He the, the sacks finally started to show up. He got to Huntley twice, and including the game winning game clinching sacks, game clinching sack that sort of won the game for the Rams at the end there. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's also fourth fourth against the run according to according to Pro Football Focus. So he, he's been playing really well, and like you said, it, it has opened th- things up for other guys on the defense. I, I don't necessarily think it's opening up things for 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 Donald because Donald's always going to see always going to see double teams at an extremely high rate because that's the guy that that right. offense that the offenses are going to are going to are going to focus on. Um, but I think it's kind of opened things up for guys like Leonard Floyd, like Greg Greg Gaines, who's having a fantastic year. Um, subbing in for Sebastian Joseph Day, who's who's, who's been hurt um, since the middle of the season, so it's helped guys like guys like that, and, and, and guys like Von Miller too, um, open up, um, we, we get, get get opportunities there and and find success. All right, so we got. I have three more questions for you. All right, okay. Uh, the first one is there a player that we don't know about that we probably should be talking about more? You know, I touched on all the big names, right? The the Stafford, uh, Cup, Odell. Donald, you know, touched on Ramsey and, and Von Miller, but who's kind of maybe that unsung hero that people aren't really talking about, but he is playing at a high level right now and helping contribute to this good record that the Rams currently hold. Yeah, I, um, I, I just mentioned him. I think it's great gains in the middle of the Rams defensive line. He's he he's a fourth round pick from Washington a couple of years ago. Um hadn't really found his spot on the field. Uh Sebastian Joseph Day, like I said, just got hurt in the middle of the season and and Greg Gaines has stepped up, and he's playing really good football. Um, the Rams are among the best in the league in stopping the run, and Greg Gaines has been a huge part of that. There was there's a, a sequence in the fourth quarter last week against the Ravens where if the Ravens score a touchdown there, the, the, the Rams probably don't have a chance to make a comeback. And Greg Gaines has a big swim move to get, in the, get into the backfield and gets a huge stop that 
keeps the keeps the Ravens out of the end zone and and keeps that game alive for the Rams. So I think watch great games in the middle of defense because he's he's playing really good football at nose tackle position. That's tough because I think the 49ers, especially the right side of the interior of that line, is probably the kind of weakness <laughs> within the 49ers. Yeah. So hopefully he doesn't uh, cause too much havoc there. If you had to choose between, you know, it's up to you who you want your Rams to, to face and who you think gives you guys the best chance to win, would you rather face Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance and why? I, I mean, that, that that that's really tough because, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is dealing with the, um, with, with the thumb injury and um, – but I, I think I, I would I would probably go with Trey Lance just because because of his inexperience. I think the Rams just have a bunch of experience on, on their defense with Raheem Morris at coordinator, uh, Jalen Ramsey and, and Aaron Donald on the field, and Von Miller. So I think the Rams could could sort of um, take advantage of Lance's inexperience and maybe maybe bait him into some 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 rookie mistakes. Uh, so I'll, I'll take that over the guy that's had success over the Rams and uh, over the last couple of years. And maybe, maybe, maybe the Rams can beat this quarterback with, if, if Lance. <laughs> All right. And, and last question here before we get you out of here, um, a prediction, who do you think is going to win final score? Yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be really close because uh, I mean, let's be honest, the, the the 49ers they're 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 fighting to make the playoffs a, a loss and there's no guarantee that they they they're 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 playing next week um so they 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 have to win and at the same time the Rams have to win because the second seed is on the line and if they win they're they're guaranteed the NFC West title so um it's going to be a hard fought game that both teams need and I think at the end of the day though this one's at SoFi I think McVay's tired of losing to Shanahan. I think he finally gets over the hump this time. I I, I think I'm going to take the Rams 23 to 17. All right, 23 17. And that means that you have the Rams also covering the spread, which is minus four and a half in favor of the Rams. Blaine, downtown uh, Rams, can you let everybody know where they can find you, where they can follow you, and all the work that you're doing? There might be some Rams fans in here because I put them in the little hashtags or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So um, you can you can find all my work at downtownrams.com. Um, doing a lot of good work over there. And then um, you can follow me on Twitter at BGreasecDTR. All right, man. Blaine, I appreciate you coming on and being gracious with your time. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. All right. You have a good one. All right. That was awesome, man, to, to hear a different perspective for you guys and get a little bit more insight. You know, you talked about, you know, some of the different guys and difference makers in their interior that are helping contribute to wins. What's going on with Matthew Stafford and maybe him and Odell not always being on the on the same page, which is tough. You know, Odell was traded middle of the year and they're still trying to figure that whole thing out, the chemistry between the quarterback and the receiver, uh, big time. All good stuff from, from our guy, Blaine, and I'm glad he came on last minute. Just talked to him last night about coming on here. But now, for the next 30 minutes, I want to give y'all the opportunity to come on and talk about whatever it is that you want to speak about. Obviously, I'll answer any questions that y'all want to hear. And uh, you guys can come on and speak your mind, speak your peace. Let me type in, uh, come on live. I appreciate everybody that's in the chat right now. If you've liked this show so far, go ahead, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. You know, we're here five days a week. Won't be here tomorrow. So I guess four days a week this week because I'm traveling to Los Angeles, baby. I'm traveling to Los Angeles. I'm going to the game. You know what I'm saying? I'm there. So, you know, I got a big thing we're doing with my guy, uh, John Chapman. Let me pull this up. Just so I can kind of pull up what's going on with my guy Chapman. Uh, where did I put the? So there's a whole little party, a gold rush party, 
And I mean, you know, I don't, LA is kind of all over the place, so I couldn't even tell you exactly where it's at off the top of my head. But I have posted it. I have posted the link to it. If I could find it, I'll find it later. Oh, here it goes. Boom. All right, let me share this screen for you guys real quick and where y'all can all kind of kick it with me, kick it with others. We did this in Philly. I think they also did it in Chicago. But I know in Philly, man, it, it was a great time meeting with everybody, having drinks with everyone. So here are all the details to where we'll be at. You know, no boring. She said, no more boring fan experiences. It's the 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. So go there, 49ersRushRoadTrip.com to go ahead and get your tickets. Join the ultimate pregame party for the faithful. So this is Saturday, January 8th at 6.30 p.m. at Baja Sharkies. All right. All the information is right there. Um, I'll also just post the link to the 49ers rush trip, uh, roadtrip.com. So you guys can go and register, get your tickets right now. Let's have fun. I'm going to be there. Other 49ers content creators are going to be there. We're going to have a good time. All right. So 49ers rush roadtrip.com. Make sure you guys go there right now. Get your tickets. All right. And I'll type that in the link right now. Uh, 49ers rush roadtrip.com. There's the link. Feel free. Click the link. Get your tickets. Whatever you got to do. Have fun. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be turned up. You already know. Real 209 in the house. You know what I'm saying? Northside Stockton. All that good stuff. Can't wait to mingle and mix with all y'all. I'll buy you a drink. Whatever. Let's get it going. All right. So make sure you guys hit up that link right there. And come on live. Come on live. But here we go. Got some callers coming in. If you haven't been on this show before, got over 300 of y'all in here. We do this every time, man. We're going to talk live with y'all for 30 minutes. And first up, I got my guy, Chris Roscoe's. What's up, man? Good morning. What's up, Croc? Oh, man. How's it chill. going? I have my cup, of, uh, my cup of hot chocolate, so I'm good. Oh, <laughs> okay. I'm mad. I'm mad. Mad at you. Mad at a lot of these 49er fans. And I uh -oh. think, you know what I think it is? I think y'all don't want to be disappointed. So y'all trying to overly justify why y'all think Shanahan should start Jimmy Garoppolo. When, since when do we trust Jimmy Garoppolo? I got a question. Answer that question for me. Since when do we trust? Wait, matter of fact, did you not watch his last game? I watched did his you, last did game. Did you watch the Bengals game? Did you watch the Seahawks game? Did you watch the Green Bay game? What makes you say, oh, I trust Jimmy G more than I trust Trey Lance, especially an injured Jimmy G, not a hundred percent, an injured Jimmy G. So you would rather trust an injured Jimmy G who loves to throw picks over a Trey Lance, a rookie, hundred percent, who can scramble out of plays, who can make big plays. Answer this for me, Croc, because I'm kind of confused now. Okay, so here's my answer. The the issue is I just don't trust rookies because there there there's so much. And again, we talked about the unknown, but for me, I, I don't trust rookies because there's always new things that they're learning. And in a game like this, which is a one, it's pretty much a playing game to try to get into the playoffs. I, I, I know what goes through rookies. Okay. With Trey Lance. Right. And I, I remember tweeting this out before the season, like, you know, you got Jimmy Garoppolo who makes rookie mistakes. So why don't you just go with the rookie? Right. I, I tweeted that out. But in a one game, we got one game, I just, I trust Jimmy more by default. Now, again, that's not to say that 
I think that Jimmy's the better player or that I just know a little bit more of what I'm going to get, good or bad, good or bad from Jimmy. I know what I'm going to get. I know how he can execute. I, If there were five games left, then I would say, forget it. Just go with him and we'll ride it out and see what happens. But with one game, if we got one game to play to get in, I trust Jimmy more by default only because he's just not a rookie. Wait, he's just so, not a rookie. And that, so that's the biggest thing. So last week, if we lost, we would have been out the playoffs, right? Right. No, 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 you wouldn't. You would just need you would just need the Saints to lose. You would one hundred percent need the Saints to lose. It would be like a ninety percent chance we would be out the playoffs if we would have lost. Uh, according to the odds makers and bets, yes. So we needed Trey Lance to win that game, right? Yes. There's no difference in the in this week. But no, but I didn't trust him. I didn't trust him in that game. Oh, okay. So it's not like it's not like I changed up. Like it's like. Oh, I trust him against the Texans, but I don't trust him against the Rams. Like, I ain't trust him against the Texans either. (laughs) But he he answered the call, did he? Did he or did he not? He did. Look, I believe he can answer the call against the Rams. I don't believe him playing it safe. I don't – playing it safe really ain't get you nowhere. We played it safe this year, and we're barely scratching and clawing and making it into the playoffs because we what? We played it safe. Playing it safe with a quarterback – who, who's a turnover machine, who's inconsistent, who's consistently inconsistent, who unraveled on Thursday night in front of the world and stole our Christmas. Look, man, look, Croc, I rock with you 99% of the time and things you say. But <laughs> well, I like it. Even, I, I need you to call even, me out. It's not even that I, I, I need disagree that. with you. I, I just I just feel like it's just the over-justification of, of starting Jimmy Garoppolo and how people are saying stuff. We Did we not hear that O'Sullivan said, this guy needs to play? He said, Trey Lance needs to play. He was even though he was like, he was, he was kind of frustrated on some of the small things, he was also blown away by some of just the talent that Trey Lance had. Like, okay, yes, he didn't hit Kittle on that uh, out route. But my God, look at the, uh, the arm talent, the physical tools, the gift that he was able to get the ball to Trent Sherfield. And sometimes we're going to need – matter of fact, you was the one. You. You said Aaron Rodgers, a lot of his plays are off script. His footwork is not always always right. Pat Mahomes, a lot of his plays are off script. His foot is not always right. I'm just using your words to get you, Croc. But you – But what Lance was doing, he was doing off script plays against the Texans. It wasn't to the T. But then in the second half, he was getting to the tee. People talk about, oh, Jimmy G with the faster release. I started seeing Trey Lance getting that slant. Oh, don't get it out. So I don't know, Croc. I, I'm, I'm really uh, frustrated by some of these fans. But, again, I think they're just overly justifying because they don't want to be disappointed. And I understand because I will be disappointed if I see Jimmy Garoppolo out there. But because I'm a Niner fan, I still will cheer. And I will cheer hard. Cheer hard. But if the Niners lose because they started Jimmy Garoppolo, I will blame Kyle Shanahan. I will take the loss if it's Trey Lance. I can live with that. I can't live with Jimmy Garoppolo starting and we lose. And and one more thing. I'm sorry. One more thing. Go ahead. This five and zero. Jimmy's five and zero against the Rams. Jimmy played against two thousand in the 2017. Jimmy played against backups for the Rams. Remember the Rams set their starters in 2019. Mm-hmm. We went and he still threw two interceptions. In 2017 against the Rams? 
He threw two interceptions. Okay. In 2019, total combined, he had one touchdown, three picks against the Rams. In 2020, I give him credit for this, even though, and you questioned it. I remember you questioned it, and a lot of other 49 fans questioned it. A lot of things were behind the line of scrimmage, little dink and dunks, little, little, those, you know. That, I, I think, think he was six for six on the first drive and had like literally one air yard. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people were were kind of confused in that game, but I'm I give him credit, right? And then I guess and then this year, his most recent, he was 16 to 19. I mean, we literally was like, look, we're we're gonna run the ball 40 times. We're gonna let you throw for 19 times. But he had two touchdowns, no interceptions. I will take that. But I, this whole thing about Jimmy's five and zero, it's more so the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan winning in spite of Jimmy G in those games. And, of course, Nick Mullins, uh, the Niners won with Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins didn't beat the Rams. He was the starter, and the Niners won because they won in spite of Nick Mullins. I think the Niners can win in spite of Trey Lance. But he has so much gifts and talents that I think he can really help with his legs, with his off-script plays. And uh, I, I just think I think they should start him. I think he will start. I mean, Jimmy said, I'm waiting for my bones to reattach. That don't sound like to me like somebody <laughs> who's going to start. So, right. I don't know, man. But thanks, Croc. I, mean, I appreciate you coming back, on, Chris. Back right now, or, or I'm going to get off. All right. Yeah, and, and what Chris is saying, it's all, like, that's that's facts. I And I don't want it to be mistaken for that I think that Trey Lance is more talented or that I think he's going to be the better quarterback or that, I think Jimmy won't make the same mistakes, but I just think in the sense of the moment, playoff atmosphere, that type of thing. I, I've seen Jimmy in it. I've seen how he's handled it. I remember 2019. Again, I know people hate when you refer to 2019, but going up to Seattle, playing in that game, which was a must-win game, and how efficient he was in, in that Seattle moment wasn't too big for him. It's just, and there's less that he, there's less that you can throw at him that he hasn't seen. I think if something happens, a robber safety picks off a pass. Well, that's Jimmy Garoppolo, right? An overthrow over the middle. Okay, well, that's Jimmy Garoppolo. I think there, there's less for him to be rattled. So I just, by default, because one guy is a rookie, I just trust him a little bit more in this situation, in this situation. Now, again, that's not to say that I don't want the rookie to play. That doesn't mean that I don't think that the rookie can't start and win. I, yes, I think he do. I just know from if I'm okay, we'll put it like this. If I'm a defensive coordinator and we just have my guy Blaine on, but if I'm Raheem Morris, I would rather play the rookie as opposed to Jimmy Garoppolo. And it doesn't mean that I don't think that this rookie is going to be the best quarterback in the NFL in a few years, but I just feel like I can I can get to this guy. I can rattle. And and that's and maybe I'm just looking at it from a defensive perspective. I got my guy Raymond here. Uh he says, uh, don't forget we've seen injured Jimmy. And uh, Jimmy tried to play before. Remember the Dolphins game? That was terrible. He's already shaky at times. Play Trey. That was true. And, and this is the thing. If there's any signs of him not being 100%, now, when you say 100%, I mean factoring in the pain tolerance and being able to throw the ball. I'm not saying, like, his finger is just 100%. You know, but if he can't throw a football 100%, then you don't play him. Then you go with the rookie. If, if you feel like there's any hindrance in your – play calling and your game plan or anything, if you have to change anything, you go with the rookie. But if after he gets that shot, if he's able to grip a football and let it rip and throw it and he can execute, then 
I, I, I would I would go with the, the veteran. But again, nobody loves Trey Lance more than me. Pause. Uh, nobody was more excited with him. My guy, Chris, I was just on. He'll he'll tell you how I felt about him. Uh, shoes. You know, I, I'm going to bring it up now because I don't want to make it seem like people think I'm like, oh, you Trey Lance and this and that. Watch this. You can't, you can't make this up. Eric Crocker, Trey Lance. Hold on. Just so I can, I can show y'all. Then we're going to get the other callers on. Will it pop up here? Hold on, y'all. I'm trying to find it. Gosh. I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it. Hold on. I got to find this tweet. Uh, see if I put this in. I can't find it. But anyways, there's a tweet out there where I said, if, if if I had to bet my life savings on any of these rookie quarterbacks being successful, any of them, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Matt Jones, any of them, any of them being successful, the one I would put my money on is Trey Lance. So that's how strongly I feel about Trey Lance and his abilities. But we're talking about a one-game play-in. I, I, there's a lot of unknown with rookies. I'm looking at it from if I'm the coordinator. I would rather play against the rookie than I would the veteran. I hope that makes sense. Great call, though, by my guy, Chris. Great, great, great call. Here we go. We got Matt coming on. Matt, good morning. How you doing, bro? Hey, I'm doing good, Crack, man. What's up with you, broski? Oh, man, I'm chilling. How you feeling about this game? Uh, I mean, I, I feel like we have a, a good chance to win with either Trey or Jimmy, man. Uh, like, like I said, um, I think I kind of, I want to kind of like see what the other caller, he said, um, injured Jimmy. Um, as long as Jimmy, like you said, like shoot it up, you know what I'm saying? It's not like, like that Dolphins game was an ankle injury. So like, that was like, you know, different than a finger or thumb injury. Like, I feel like, like it's been a week. He had time to heal up. Of course it ain't, he's going to need surgery, but if he can go out there and, and uh, perform and, and do what he needs to do, as long as, uh, you know, Kyle could come up with a game plan to where he's not throwing a bunch of times, at least under 20, 25 times and hand the ball off to Elijah Mitchell. And, you know what I'm saying? I don't see why we can't go out there and, and get a win with Jimmy. You know what I mean? Um, even though uh, I feel like if, if we do play Trey, it'll open up the offense way more. But um, I could see I could see both points. I could see what the other caller Chris was saying, and I could see what you were saying. Like Jimmy's a known commodity. We know we're getting out of him. We know he can beat the Rams. We know the game plan. But also we know he's the type of quarterback that if he's any type of hurt, then he's the type of guy that if we end up losing, he's gonna make his excuse. He's gonna point straight to that injury, even if he does shoot it up. You know what I mean? So I just kind of know what type of person Jimmy is, and so it's like. It's, it's kind of like a slippery slope. If I was Kyle, like, you know, just to be safe, if he it, could, you know, sling it and shoot it up, then, yeah, I would put him out there. But if you have, like you said, if you have any doubts, go ahead and play the kid, man, because you've seen what he can do. You see his potential. Yeah, um, it's, it's a high-pressure situation, but they're professionals. You know, this is what they get paid. He's going to learn regardless, you know. He's going to either, you know, sink or swim. You feel me? My bad, I was muted. But no, nah, I appreciate you coming on. I'm gonna get you off, get the next caller on. But you talked to a lot of sis, and there are a lot of people in the chat that 
uh, that were kind of speaking to that as well. Like, all right, this guy, Matt, he knows what he's talking about, man. So appreciate you coming on, bro. All right. Thanks, man. All right. That was a lot of sense. That was a lot of sense. He made a lot of good points and very level-headed. I found that tweet. I knew I was like, yeah, I'm going to come back to that just so these people know that I ain't, I ain't BSing here with if some of the things that I was saying about Lance. And this is this is probably a bold statement. But someone asked me, he said, uh, he said, y'all really tripping with this Justin Fields stuff. Somehow y'all have convinced yourself he is a sure thing and that he couldn't and that couldn't be further from the truth. Just because Mac isn't sexy pick uh, doesn't mean doesn't make him the wrong pick. I'm just saying. And I said, nobody's a nobody's a sure thing. And I said, and really, if I had to put my life savings on one player, it would be Lance. And that's over any QB, and I capitalize any. Look, that's capital, all caps. All right. Any QB in this class, that's 7 p.m. April 26th. That's before the draft. That's right before the draft. And I said it. There's any quarterback in this class, I'm taking him. I'm taking him. So you know what I'm saying? Like that, that that's how high I was on Lance and how I, I still believe that Lance is that guy. But y'all might still a rookie. We're talking about one game to, to play in. Here we go. Got my guy Jedi coming on. Jedi, good morning, man. How you What's doing? Good? What's good? What's good? Oh, no, there's a little bit of there's a okay. We're good now. We're good now. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, man. I was uh I feel the same way you feel, man. I'm a I'm a trade guy, number one. Number one, let's get it all out there. I'm a Trey guy, but I feel like because Trey didn't play, if Trey would have came in, let's say week six, week seven, and had been playing from that point out, then I probably would be like, you know what? Let's ride it out with Trey. I would be like more confident. I would feel like he's got enough games under his belt. Let's ride it out with Trey. But I feel like Jimmy put us in this situation. That Tennessee game, that was Jimmy. So Jimmy need to figure out, how to get us out of this situation. It's not even that I trust Jimmy. It's more like you put us in this situation in the first place. Like people like to run the little what if situation. Like, well, we, you don't know if starting Trey Lance would have, you know, guaranteed you the playoffs. And I'm like, okay, I can agree with that. But then you have to flip it on my side, which is you don't know if not starting Trey Lance could have put us in a higher seed. We could be a four seed. We could be a five seed right now with Trey starting the whole season. So we're going to do those parallels then we're going to play both sides of the spectrum. So because Trey didn't, you know, put us in this situation or not put us in this situation, I think it's a lot to ask someone who's trying to develop, hey, win this crucial game right now because we need it. You got all these vets that want to keep going and keep, keep playing on into the postseason. This kid is, what, this is game three? This would be game number three for him? Yeah, third start. Third start. And you want that. No, that's not fair. That's not fair. If if we're going to do Trey right, we should have did it, like a lot of us have been saying, earlier in the season, whether it was week one, week four, week six. Somewhere around that time period, you get the kid in, you let him play, and you let it, whatever happens, happens. But we didn't. We, they rode this Jimmy bandwagon. They told us from the beginning of the season he was the best chance for us to win. Well, we about to see now. We about to see with or everybody who was saying Jimmy was the best chance to win was really the best chance to win. I don't want to hear anything about a hand injury or a thumb. I don't care. You put us in this situation. You need to get us out of this situation. This mm -hmm. is the perfect breakup to me. I'm ready to break up, bro. Either way. So you're, but, but so win. you're saying you want, 
Are, are you saying you want the 49ers to lose with Jimmy, or are you what, saying what, like? I, I think I'm saying is I'm talking my way into all the scenarios, which is yeah. if we lose by Jimmy, this breakup was bound to happen. I'm glad we can just rip this Band-Aid off. A lot of fans will be mad, good, because a lot of fans do need to be mad because a lot of those fans that put their hard, 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 hard uh, heart into Jimmy, they need to see him fall on his face. And so that's what they probably need to see. Good. So when we get into next year, I don't want to hear Trey needs to do this. Trey needs to. No, Trey's going to develop. I've seen enough from Trey in that Houston game that gave me a lot of confidence going forward. And that's all I needed. That's all I needed. Yeah. That Jimmy, you need to get us out of this situation. You said you 5-0 against the Rams. Be 6-0. You the $25 million man. Go earn the money. That kid is developing. That kid right now has not earned that kind of pressure. Now, next year, if Trey puts us in a scenario that he has to play a winning game, then so be it. But he's had that season under his belt now. He's been seasoned by the season, if if you know what I mean. Now he has, right, yep. the, you know, the, he's been ups. He had his downs. He, he's had those little wars. He's had some games where he, he can see his mistakes now. I don't feel comfortable with a kid in his third start trying to win a play. I mean, this is essentially a playoff game. And you want right him to be as confident as possible. And, I mean, I, I just feel like if the scenario makes us have to start Trey, so be. But I'd rather the scenario be Jimmy saying, some point in time this week, I can't do it. And let it be done. You know what I mean? Don't hold us on this little, you know, I'm going to try and, and gut it out until Saturday and, and see what. No. Make your decision as quick <laughs> as possible. And let's go, buddy. Like, Because you, yeah. you $25 million. That's $25 million. Trey didn't throw those interceptions in Tennessee. That's you. All right. So you, we need our money back. We need some something for our money, and we need to see you get out there and prove to us because your head coach told us you gave us the best chance to win. So let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Exactly. I agree, bro. And and I'm gonna get you off and get the next caller on. But uh, appreciate you coming on, Jedi. No problem. Thanks, brother. All right. Now that's real, you know. And 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 my thing too is. This is on we're we're talking about a hypothetical situation with Jimmy Garoppolo's thumb. You know, me, I'm talking about if his if his thumb is hundred percent. Now I get it, there is no hundred percent, but what I mean by hundred, like, is there a hundred percent function in his thumb? The pain is gonna be there to where it doesn't feel hundred percent. Is there a hundred percent function in his thumb to where he can grip a ball, he can spin it, he's making throws, they can shoot him up, the pain kind of goes away, and he still has a function in his thumb. If that's the case, then okay, I, I see them playing him. If that is not the case, if he can't grip the ball the way he needs to grip the ball, if he can't throw the ball the way he needs to throw the ball, then it's a no-brainer. You do not play him. You don't play him. If that's the case, if there's any type of compromising going on with his thumb, you don't play him. Somebody had said, hey, what do you think about you know, getting uh, uh, Trey Lance in for quarterback sneaks and things like that? No, if I have to start Jimmy – if I'm starting Jimmy, but have to bring in Trey Lance for quarterback sneaks and things like that, then Jimmy doesn't need to start because his thumb isn't good enough to go. I'm only going, if he has 100% function in his hand, in his thumb, at that point, okay, I start him. If he doesn't have that, he has no business starting. So I agree with you all on that for sure, 100%.
Here we go. Uh, my uh, queen heavy protection. If Jimmy Garoppolo uh, plays versus the Rams and win, we'll be forced to, to play with an injury in the playoffs. Two, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to play. 49ers will win by 10 no matter quarterback. One, I'll, I'll say it's hard to win games in the NFL, and I know you know we have a solid record right now. I, I, and we've had we've been good against the Rams, but regardless, it's hard to win. So just to say, like, oh, we'll win by 10 no matter what, I, I, I don't I, I think we have to play well to win this game. And you need good quarterbacking uh, to win this game as well. All right, so there's that aspect. Unless you just completely shut down the Rams' offense, which I think they did a great job of that early in the season. Probably be hard to do it to that same extent again as far as him, you know, playing in this game and then, oh, we have to play him in the playoffs. Again, it goes back to, is his thumb 100% with the function? Again, I know there's going to be pain, right? If somebody asks you, what do they ask y'all, right? You go to the doctor and something's hurting, and they'll be like, on a scale of 1 to 10, how how bad does this hurt? And you'll be like, oh, when I when I reach my arm all the way up, it's a it's a it's a seven out of ten with the pain, right? Now, do you still are you still able to reach all the way up, or do you, can you only reach this? If you can still reach all the way up, but there's pain, then I'd say, well, you still have all the function in it. It just hurts. And then it's a pain tolerance thing, right? You get shot up. Does the pain go away, and you're able to function fully? Is that the case, or ah, I can only get my arm up this much? If that's the case, then you can't play. So that's kind of my mindset with it. I hope that makes sense. And as far as him going into the playoffs, again, if he's hurt, they're not they're not going to play him. I do care if his hand is hurt. I do not start him if he if he's compromised. Totally disagree. But I agree with you. If he is compromising to any extent, the function in his hand, you do not play him. You do not play him. There's no compromising in this situation. It has to be. He has 100% function in his thumb with no setbacks. And if that's the case, then, yeah, <laughs> you can you can play him. Here we go. Got my guy Darius coming on. Darius, good morning, bro. Good morning, man. Hey, uh, I want to say I, I agree wholeheartedly with, with Jedi, that brother Sharp, man. Um, I like Chris, too, but I got to get him real quick, bro, because – I think he forgot about he forgot about Ramsey, Darnold, and Von Miller playing quarterback of the defense. And it's like, do you really want Trey to go against that with all this pressure? Well, at some point you know he saying? will have to. At some I know point he will. But I'm talking about right now. I'm talking about as far as right now. We're talking about either we got a healthy Jimmy or a rookie Trey, and it's like, come on! Like I know Jimmy is known to be fraudulent. Okay, but he has also been known to to show up, and I'm banking on him showing up more or less than him trucking because um, you know, as far as Kyle Shanahan, how he put it to us, you know, we got a Super Bowl roster. That's why I'm not taking no loss. I'm not taking no excuses for a loss this weekend. You know, what I'm saying y'all told me that this roster was a Super Bowl roster. Y'all had chances to go grab somebody before the trade deadline, and you didn't. So. Here we are, you know what I'm saying, with with with, with the with the defense going through this COVID, and um, I'm hoping that that ends up all right. I'm hoping that they go grab somebody to replace these people if they can't play. I know they, they grabbed a, a corner. Do you know anything about him? He's on the practice squad. Um, I don't want to butcher his name, but uh, they had just signed him this week. The cornerback. Yeah, they just signed a new corner. Um, he was, yeah, Dennis, he was a Dennis, first Dennis, rounder. Dennis, 
Okay, yeah, yeah, there you go. How you feel about him? It's cool. I mean, I remember coming in, but again, the, the way I view cornerbacks is different than I think a lot of people. I think there are very few guys that are like high level good. And a lot of guys are kind of like similar in ability, more more guys than not. So he doesn't move the needle for me. I, I'd say mm -hmm. that whether he's out there or Ambry Thomas or Josh Norman, you probably get some of the mm -hmm. same results in the sense of how a play, like the outcome of a play. So he doesn't right. move the needle for me, but I, I don't think he just sucks. I just think he's <laughs> he could potentially be serviceable. Right. That's 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 the answer I was looking for, bro. Really, like because. They really all really be in the middle of the pack, but as long as you know you can get out there and just defend and and just do the do the basics, I feel like D'Amico's gonna hopefully he call a good game. He, he usually be on point and um he's a little slow with the with the adjustment, but he does make it. So my whole thing is just getting on top of Cooper Cup. Hopefully uh Elijah Mitchell is, is in and, and we could do the quarterback, I mean uh, running back committee, man. Please play Jeff Wilson. Please run those two brothers. You know what I'm saying? Because with Jimmy, I feel like he bogus, bro. I, I told you yesterday, I think that he he bogus, man. It's like, you just had to have surgery. Now you're talking about, because, you know, if he says he's ready, Kyle's going to play him, period. If he goes to Kyle and says, I'm ready to go, Kyle's going to play him. And maybe he is ready to go. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm hoping that he is, but I'm not taking no excuses, bro. I don't want to hear about your thumb if you take an L. I don't want to hear about that. You should. Somebody need to be tackling him right now to make sure that that thumb is all right. Like slap his hand a few times. I don't know. Get him ready. You know what I'm saying? Like for real. I'm I'm so I'm so because bro, I'm so fed up with this team, bro. This whole season was just silly. It was a silly ass season, and the world loves the Niners, so they're not going to hang us. They're not going to hang our dirty clothes out to you know what I mean to for the world to see. But for us, for the fans, it was just like, come on, man. Like this is what y'all have for us. <laughs> You know, 2019 vibes and all this other shit. And now here we are today, you know, season on the line with this this last game. But, um, yeah, though, man, I just wanted to put that out there and a little bit, bro, because, man, I'm listening to, to the Rams boy talk, and I'm just like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, that, all that makes perfect sense, like, as far as – I understand that we own – I understand that we fake own the Rams or whatever. You want to say we own them, fine. You can say we own them. But at the end of the day, that is a very good team, and they're always yeah. dangerous. I don't care how many times we beat them. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I just hope, I hope we pull it out, bro. I really do. I really do. Yes, sir. I All right, D, I appreciate you coming on, bro. Yeah, man. For sure, bro. Have a good day. Yeah. All right, here we go. Got another caller coming on. My guy, Kenneth Goldsmith. Kenneth. I, see, I got the name right. That's two times in a row. Let's go. Yeah. Good morning, crack man. How you doing good this morning, morning, bro? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, man. I, I, I kind of I, I missed that beginning of the show, but uh, I agree with everybody. What all the callers said, you know what I'm saying? They touched on everything pretty much. So I want. I, I kind of want to. I, I kind of want to shift like my feeling of direction about this situation. Win or lose. I'm going to be okay with what happened. You know what I'm saying? Because I got a, I got a chance to see what our future is going to look like, right? And no matter the outcome, I know everybody want to go to the playoffs. I want to go to the playoffs too. So no matter the outcome to me, 
Because if we lose, I'm just going to blame everything on Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> what, because, why is that? Because, like, when we, when we trapped the Trey Lance, Jimmy should have been gone either draft day or when we went on that four-game losing streak and Trey should have been started coming out of that back. I think everything would have been, you know what I'm saying? I think everything would have been different. Um, we might have been in the same position, don't know, but I just think we got to see Trey put in a great deal of work and get ready for next year. So this this just this just my level of thinking right now because I kind of had a feeling that once we catch Jimmy Garoppolo, man, I'm like, oh man, it's gonna be one of those seasons, it's gonna be up and down. We're gonna have the up, then it's gonna be down. All right, but like, man. Get Jimmy up out of here. You know what I'm saying? Trey Lance, Trey Lance. You know, and then we went on that. That we got on that up, but people still were still feeling the same way about Jimmy Garoppolo. Get him up out of here. But that up and down, man. That's that's such a bad feeling, man. It is. It's, it, it it's, is. it's such a bad feeling of an up and down. So I I, I just want to get that out there, man. And to everybody in the chat, all the callers, you know what I'm saying? I understand. I understand. We want to get the playoffs, playoff game. But I'm just I just feel good about our future. You feel me? Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of times where Trey gonna punch our ticket into the playoffs and we ain't gonna have to rely on other teams to help us get in. I I'd say think- this is my only pushback. Like mm-hmm. and, and I know we think like, oh, the future, you know. You you have to play in the now. Like, yeah, the, the future it looks bright and, and it's promising. You got a young quarterback, he's extremely talented. Looks like he's heading in the right direction. But I yeah. remember losing the Super Bowl, and it, and it's like, oh man, like, all right, like we're gonna be back. Super Bowl favors next year. And then it's like, nope, you're gonna win four games. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, yeah. I get it in a I sense feel. of feeling like there's always next year, but you definitely have to capitalize on the moment. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but my thing is, it's it's hard to get to the Super Bowl in the NFL, man. It's real hard. Um, I'm just thinking like, I'm just thinking like, if Trey if Trey gonna be as healthy as we expect him to be and all of that stuff, I just feel like, man, it's just gonna be so much good things that's gonna happen and. I don't think it's not going to look like the shit that Jimmy Garoppolo put us through. You you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, that, I that, you, that, that's all. Yeah. That's all I want to say because everybody pretty much touched on it. I told you how who should start and all of that yesterday, and I don't want to go back on that. I just want. I'm just ready for this game, man. And, right, and, man I'm a, I'll go ahead. I just want to say this, man. Man, we're going to get this W, man, no matter who stopped. That's how I feel about this. We're going to get this W. All right, let's get it. Let's go get this W. Kenneth, appreciate you coming on. All right, thank you. And safe travels to you, Croc, man. When you land in L.A., man, be safe. And that's to everybody in the chat that's going to the game. Everybody be safe, man, because this COVID, man, is getting out of hand. Oh, man, I see that. Yeah, for sure, man. I appreciate that. Nah, no problem, Croc, man. You be easy. All right. I need to go get my booster shot, matter of fact. Appreciate everybody that's been in here so far. Everybody that's hit the like button. Everybody that's hit the subscribe button. 
you know, we're talking about it. I see a lot of back and forth going on in the chat. And I see some people, you know, not enough takeaways and things like that. And I definitely think takeaways contribute to, to, to winning games. I think ultimately it's a team sport. You know what I'm saying? And But within it being a team sport, it's, it's a quarterback-driven league. And regardless of kind of what's going on with the, with the team and maybe the defense doesn't get enough takeaways, there's a reason why quarterbacks are the highest paid players on every team. Anybody that has a quarterback that they pay, right? There's a reason for that. You need your quarterback. If we don't get enough takeaways in the game, we need our quarterback to be able to overcome that. So, you know, it's they, they get paid the most for a reason, and it ain't even close. Right, it's not. Even, it's not even close on the payment on the pay scale. Quarterbacks are making forty, forty-five million dollars a year now. You got you got to earn that. Jimmy G is the highest-paid 49er player. So if the, if something on the defense, if you don't get enough takeaways because you got goddamn Josh Norman and the other rookies, and you're missing all these guys, Jimmy, we need you to need you to over be able to overcome that. So I, I hear in the sense of why the 49ers record is it. Eight and nine and seven or whatever it is right now, but quarterback got to be able to overcome a lot of that. Here we go. Got my guy Keith Murray going coming on. Keith, what's good, man? Good morning. What's up, man? How you doing? Good morning. Oh, I'm chilling, bro. Chilling. I kind of disagree um, with some of the callers saying just put Jimmy out there. I, I just are you playing with your feelings because of how much money he's making, or are we worried about what can happen on the field? If Jimmy's going to be inconsistent or shaky, why we can do that with Trey? Except he's more boomer bust. He give us a more big play potential. <laughs> um, and if you're going to go nine and seven with Jimmy G, what was the point? Like for me, if you're going to start off, uh, like do you think Bill uh, Belichick goes in with Mac Jones and said, "Oh my God, I don't want Mac Jones to go against Jalen Ramsey or Aaron Donald"? No, you made an aggressive move, Kyle. You traded three first-round picks to get this kid. And then when you got him, you went unaggressive. Like, no, if you're going to go in, go in. Throw all the chips in the table. Let's go. You know, that's how I feel about I, it. I think my response to that is I, I agree. Like, but you got to kind of – you had two opportunities. You had two windows to do it, right? You had the window from the start of the season where you get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo, so you you're, you push your chips all in with this young guy and you ride it out with – with his ups and downs and see how he progresses throughout the year. And then when you were two and four, you had another opportunity and maybe he felt like he wasn't ready. But again, even while you're two and four, Kyle Shanahan, his mindset is, well, I'm trying to make the playoffs. And I still, at this point, from what I've seen from Trey in practice and what I've known from Jimmy Garoppolo, I feel like he still gives me the better chance to win. So you kind of write it out. But I agree in the sense of if it were me from the jump, there would have been no Jimmy Garoppolo, so we wouldn't even have this conversation. So I, I, I agree with you from that standpoint, but I think um, it's it's hard to do it when you have Jimmy Garoppolo because the level of success he has had with the 49ers as opposed to a rookie who has one year at the FCS and all that. Now, they did invest a lot into the That's rookie. But I think a lot of that was on what he can become, even if they didn't believe that he would become that this year. I totally agree with that, but and I'm not saying to start off the year and don't go with Jimmy, but now if he seems compromised, which he is, otherwise they would just say he's starting. I don't think he's personally going to start the game. Um, 
Otherwise, they would say he's going to play. There's no – They, I think they want – I think part of Shanahan is he wants uh, McVay and those guys have to prepare for two quarterbacks. But I, I don't think Jimmy's going to play. And I don't believe in playing scared. Like, I'm not worried about Aaron Donald or Von Miller. Or There's going to be good players on any NFL defense for the most part. Right. He got a good warm-up game with um, with Houston to kind of get his feet wet a little more. And I figure he can do nothing but improve this coming week. And it's a good game for his career, like, for him to reflect back on. This game actually has a stake in it. Like, we need to win this game to guarantee a spot in the playoffs. Obviously, we can still lose and get in, but that's not how you want. Uh, we're going to go into that game not knowing what's going to happen with the Saints and the Falcons or whatever's going on over there. So this will do nothing but give him more things to look back upon when he's playing next year in big games. Yeah, nah, that's real talk, man. I appreciate you coming on, Keith. I'm gonna get to the next caller, but you gotta call in more, man. You you came on with a lot of common sense, man. I appreciate that. All right, bro. I see you, man. All right, here we go. Next up, got my guy Eddie. Eddie's been waiting patiently, man. Good morning, Eddie. How you doing, bro? Good morning, man. Busy over here working, but I want to call in real quick. <laughs> yeah, um, sure. I gotta say, man. First of all, just overall. This is a self-inflicted wound, right? Kyle and the, and the team, they, they created all of this, okay? Right. Whether or not Jimmy played well, whether Jimmy, not, Jimmy got hurt or not, whether Trey started from the very beginning, this is all self-inflicted. They drafted the kid. They brought him on knowing that Jimmy had limitations. They didn't move Jimmy, which makes this a more complex situation. They tried to sell it like it was easy. Like this, oh yeah, we got the best of both worlds, right? So anytime any uh, display of dysfunction or miss, you know, uh, bad play, you're gonna get the rumblings of start the kid, right? So this is self-inflicted. So here we are, end of the season, last game of the year, and hey Trey, come in and 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 save it for us, or <laughs> hey Jimmy, come in even though you're not a hundred percent and make it happen. And, you know, again, this is not, this is not a, uh, I, I'm not putting Jimmy's play down. I'm not critiquing it at all, right? It is what it is. What I'm saying is you're a man, you're management, right? Kyle's the head coach. John's the general manager. They manage this poorly. Now, whatever happens on Sunday, whether Jimmy goes out, they, they drug him up, you know, they get him ready to go and he goes out there and he shines or he goes out there and he doesn't shine or they decide to start the rook third time ever last game of the season season on the line. And he, and he shines or he doesn't play well. That's on management every single time. Right. So I've said this to you before. Yeah. Anybody in the real world, right. Anybody who's in a real job, you are held to standards, period, right? You can make up all the excuses you want. Oh, my thumb didn't feel good, right? Oh, I don't really know the playbook that well. That's fine. You're still held to, there are consequences for everybody's actions, right? So we can debate about who we feel like would be the best option at quarterback for this game. Um, but one thing I definitely want to see is everybody's held to a same standard or similar standards, right? So Kyle created this situation, John created this situation, and they get to lie in it, bro, whatever the results are. 
as a man, right? I'm 39 years old. I can't believe I'm saying that on TV, on uh, on on your show. But, like, <laughs> I feel I'm like that so I ain't too far behind you. Yeah, man. Like I remember when I was the 22 year old, and like it was whatever. Like I was just you know living, doing my thing, learning, right, making mistakes. At 39, there's no excuses. Nobody cares about the excuses. They care about results. Results, right? right? So this going back and forth is cool. It keeps me entertained. That's, so I appreciate it. I appreciate everything you guys are talking about. Um, but ultimately, this falls on their shoulders. It's up to them to make the right call. And if they don't make the right call, you already know what it is. So as I, much as we're debating back and forth, proof's in the pudding. I have a question for, for you. All right. Do you think, and I kind of touched on this a little bit, uh, maybe a couple of months or a month or so ago when they're maybe going through a, a losing streak. And I felt like with Kyle Shanahan, there's been a, a lot of miscalculating, like certain situations. Really, his entire time with the 49ers, whether you go back to the very beginning and it's like, hey, I don't have to look into any of these other quarterbacks with P Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson because, well, I'm, I'm going to get Kirk Cousins, right? And he kind of miscalculated that situation. And what they do, they went, they traded for Jimmy G. He, you know, he didn't really care for because he wanted uh, Kirk Cousins and all that, but they got Jimmy. Okay, they moved forward with him. They had a couple opportunities to potentially move off of Jimmy Garoppolo, whether it was for, um, and and my my thing. Okay, they got Jimmy Garoppolo, but uh, it was the overcalculation of not looking into Watson and Mahomes. I feel like that's like a huge mistake to not even do that because you're so focused on this other guy. So that was a that was kind of an issue. Uh, you look and. I'll show the tweet afterwards. I said it. Patrick Mahomes has the highest upside of any quarterback in this class. I said that. All right. But anyways, uh, and I said that before the, before the draft. But so moving forward, the whole thing with Tom Brady, right, kind of miscalculate that situation. Oh, no. Like, and I get it. And, and like you said, we can make all the excuses. You know, mate, that was one of Tom Brady's worst years. Jimmy Garoppolo, the team went to the Super Bowl. There were some weird things that went in there, and that was why they kind of entertained it a little bit, right? Just because, hey, we kind of had to take the ball out of his hands. But you know what? Coming off of ACL, he's going to get better. You could say all those things, but they kind of miscalculated that situation. Jimmy got hurt again. Tom Brady went on to win another Super Bowl, another miscalculation. And then this offseason where you go up, you trade everything, you trade the house for a young guy, and he has all this talent. The miscalculation comes from, well, we win more games with Jimmy Garoppolo. So you start him throughout a year. Obviously, he misses a couple games. But the team at this point is fighting for the lights to make the playoffs. And I don't think that that's what they were expecting when they said, hey, we're going to start Jimmy Garoppolo. I assume if you talk to Kyle Shanahan ahead of time, hey, this roster is ready. We got all these good players. Okay, we got Jimmy G. He's going to miss two games, but we're good with that. You know, well, regardless if he wins two games or not, we can be in a, a 10 or 11 team uh, or 11 game, uh, 11, 11 win team. And you kind of miscalculate the situation because although you are close and you're only a game or so off, you're fighting for your playoff lives. So I think there has been when you go back all the way to the beginning, there's kind of been a miscalculation of the quarter or really just Kyle Shanahan and his, his calculation of this quarterback situation. And like you said, as a manager, you, that's, on, that's on you. Right. And that's exactly right. So in this particular uh, situation for this game, again, the results will speak for themselves, right? We, we can't determine right now if this was a mis miscalculation on Kyle's part. Let's see what happens. 
My only right. point is, is I don't want to blame Jimmy, right, because of his thumb or because he's not that great of a quarterback. Like, Kyle's the one that's going to put him on the field at the end of the day, right? I don't want to blame Trey and his inexperience, right, the fact that he's a rookie. Um, Kyle's the one that chooses to put him on the field. The blame will be on the head coach, period. And anyone who's trying to make this a Jimmy versus Trey conversation, like I said, I appreciate that. It's football. It is what it is. We're fans. That's what we're going to do. But ultimately, from an organizational standpoint, it falls on management. Now, Jimmy goes out there and he's fully healthy. You know, we've critiqued him before, right? Uh, that's earned, right? Jimmy went out there and played bad, right? Uh, but what's Kyle going to do about it? If that's just roll him out there again and again and again, eventually, can't blame Jimmy. Jimmy's being Jimmy, right? right. You you, you got to put it on Kyle. Kyle's putting this guy out there because it's the guy that he perceives as giving him the best chance to win. Well, then win. But if you don't, you're going to get critiqued. But appreciate you having me on, bro. Keep it going. All right, man. I know you got to get back to work. Thanks, yes, Eddie. Yes, sir. All right, that my guy Eddie, he's always coming with some good stuff. Real quick, I, I talked about it because you know sometimes it's easy to say things in in hindsight, right? But here we go. How do I share this? I like sharing some. I've you know I've had some pretty good takes a little bit over the years. All right, maybe some other ones that are whatever. But right here, I have me and my guys we were talking about the quarterbacks. This is February third, two thousand seventeen. So this was early in the draft process, and I said it. With the way that offenses are right now in college football, it's kind of hard to figure out, like, okay, what's translating, things like that. So my thing is, all you could do is go off the upside. I say all you could do is go off the upside now because of these systems and how they are with quarterbacks. And from what I've seen, Mahomes has the most upside, all right? That is 2017, February 3rd. So I was really high on – not saying that I just knew that Mahomes would be what he is, but – Thought he had the highest upside. Clearly, Kyle Shanahan didn't even look in to Mahomes to see that. So that's what we talk about with the miscalculation uh, of things. And, and obviously, it's hindsight, but just kind of going back from the beginning and just kind of how he's kind of miscalculated certain situations. And Kyle's not the only guy. I mean, shoot, it's the Browns. I mean, there are a lot of teams that passed on quarterbacks and have miscalculated situations, I mean, throughout all of football. So it's not just Kyle, and I think Kyle has done a good job of making up for a lot of those miscalculations and being able to still put himself and his team in a position to win. And I think the 49ers right now, they are that. This is going to be a very interesting game. We won't be live tomorrow because, uh, like I said, man, I will be traveling to Los Angeles. Let's go. Again, uh, 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. Check that out if you want to join myself, John Chapman, and plenty others. John Chapman's putting this great thing going. We're going to hang out with the fans. We're, I'm going to be a fan. I'm going to have my Niner gear on. I'm going to be ready to go. 49ers got the invasion. I'm going to be there, too. I'm going to be turned up. You'll know it's me. My brother, he'll be with me. He got, like, dreads and stuff, and he got, like, tattoos all over his face. So when you see the dude with the tattoos all over his face and stuff, and you see the guy next to him, that's probably me. All right? Appreciate everybody coming on the show today. Love it, love it, love it. Appreciate all y'all. We're going to get a rocket. Go Niners. They got to get it done, man. But that's going to be it for another episode. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe before we go. There's over 300 of y'all in here, man. Hit that like button. Help people see this show, the algorithms. Uh, shoot. Subscribe to this channel. Subscribe to the Frontline Sports channel. All that good stuff. It's Niner game. I'm turned up. I'm ready for this. This is a playoff game, man. Let's go. Intercepted.
Crop Talk TV Podcast. Peace.